Hello everybody and welcome back to the Line of Vienna Suite podcast episode 130. My name is Will Jones. Joining me tonight is Mr. Tom Jenkins. Hello Tom. Hello Will, did you forget my name there? I don't, I, over I, are you after New Year? Oh mate, don't go there. I didn't know I was going to intro you then, I just gave up. <laughs> I was trying to say regular, I was trying to say Mr. I just, I, I don't know. Um, also on tonight is James Jarvis. Hello James. All right, well, how's it going, lad? I'm all right. I've been better considering uh, considering today's events, but but not too bad, thank you. Well, welcome everybody uh, back to, back to obviously the the, the podcast. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Easter, whatever else we've missed. It it feels like it's been that long. It has obviously been absolutely ages since we've last spoken, for which we apologise. I think the uh, the busyness of the festive period just seems to have uh, have gotten the better of us a little bit. But, uh, we all you got know, two wankers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if, if you want to just put it like that. <laughs> but, we, but we remain adamant that, uh, that it'll be a regular occurrence at least uh, in the second half of the season. Uh, I, I mean, as you'd expect, it's been a bit of a mixture of, uh, of results and events on and off the field, as you'd expect over a, over a sort of four or five week period. Um, we'll sort of quickly run through what we've missed and, and then focus on the more prominent matters at hand. Uh, so obviously there was the 2-0 loss to Accrington Stanley in the Mickey Mouse Cup. Uh, and narrow 1-0 loss to Peterborough, uh, 3-0 home win against Southend, goalless draw at Sunderland on Boxing Day, a 1-0 draw with Shrewsbury at weekend just gone, and an unfortunate 4-3 loss to Burton today on New Year's Day at the time of recording. Um, boys, I, I don't think we can really complain too much with those, I think, realistically speaking, just because we've developed somewhat of a, of a consistent form, I think, since since Southend, and uh, obviously we've been playing 4-4-2 for pretty much each of those. Uh, perhaps could be better off by three or six points at a push, but you know, hey, hey I, I don't think we're, t- we're too far off, are we? I mean, Tom, ha- are you happy with where we're up to? Not, not at all, to be honest. I think you, we've gone down to ten men in the last two matches, and that's killed us in both games. Um, but there, there are deeper problems, really. I think, I think there's a lack of belief in this squad uh, that they're able to go on and win matches from winning positions. I think going behind against Southend helped us almost because. There was uh, sort of a kick up the arse that we needed to try and get back into that game. And, and bear in mind, we were very, very fortunate to get back into that game with uh, Dodie's goal, sort of uh, borderline handball, possibly. Yeah. Um, and, and also, you know, we didn't really defend particularly well and Southend could easily have got more goals in that match than, than they did. Um, I, I just don't understand where the attitude's at for the players. I think a game like Shrewsbury, um, you've got to go into at home, especially when you take the lead, thinking we're going to win this match. And especially today, 2-0 up, you've got to go and win that game. In our position, you can't be dropping points from there. Mm. And I worry that we're fragile defensively. I worry that there's a lot of fear in the team when we can see the goal, that uh, we're not really backing ourselves to be able to go and um, and keep a lead if we've got it. I mean, at 2-1 today, the second that Templeton shot hit the net, it looked like the players crapped themselves, to be honest. And And for the whole of that half, we were on the back foot when you should have just been trying to close it out, get to the half-time 2-0 and then take the game from there because that, that would have been absolute gold dust for us and we've thrown it away. Yeah, second half seems to have sort of been our, our worst enemy, haven't they, in, in recent weeks anyway. Um, James, are you sort of feeling the same as Tom at all or are it slightly different? Uh, well, considering everything that we we saw and and the run of fixtures that we had initially before we went into them, we sh- probably should be on double points back, double digits by now in terms of points. Because mm-hmm. a lot of those teams there for taking. I mean, we scraped it through with South End because uh, they're obviously one of the worst team, one of the worst teams in the league. They're, they've only got nine points for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying. Um, Sh- Shrewsbury, uh, 
well, well, the Shrewsbury and Burton games that have just gone, like Tom said, we shot ourselves in the foot with the two silly sending offs that were just completely avoidable, really, in mm. both cases. And just really forced on the back foot to defend, which hasn't been our strong suit at points uh, sometimes this season. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it's strange because I've, I've been talking about in five things articles. Like We were very clinical against Southend. Pretty much every shot that we had on target, mm. we put away. But we've just we've not been doing that in other matches. Um, like, say, for example, against Shrewsbury, we're talking about run. Uh, Ron Darcy missing his thing, Darrell Murphy's misheaders, all that sort of stuff. Mm. That just recently in Burton today, um, obviously we know Darcy missed his chance at the end, but I'm tr- I think there were one or two. So I can't tell what what's wrong with this team. No, it, really, it might it might be an attitude thing, like Tom <laughs> says. Maybe it's maybe it's mixed signals, like the, because let's face it, there is a there is a sort of expectation amongst the fans. Whether they admit it or not, I know the situ- I know the situation's unique, but realistically, a lot of fans would rather would more mostly say that we should be staying up this season, even despite all the problems behind the scenes. Yeah, because because a lot of the teams around us, let's face it, they're not they don't they're they're smaller clubs traditionally. Yeah, they they don't have that way of expectation behind them like like we would at this level. Uh, and especially some of the players that we brought in, some of them are high-caliber players. They, they, in theory, should be sweeping this league yeah. with, with some of the pedigrees that they have. I mean, just on that point, Tom, I'd hate to ever admit that uh, that, that I'm, I'm thinking about your your take on the, on the football regularly, but I, I, I hate to admit that I am. In fact, you know, the, your comments on, I think, the last podcast, it was that, you know, we're obviously still quite a big fish in, in, a, in a small pond at this point. And, you know, you look at a lot of the teams in this league and, and you go into most games thinking that, that they're winnable. And I think I've just had that sort of ingrained, particularly with the last few matches, thinking we can we can easily go and win them, and you know w- w- without it phasing me at all. And the fact that we're actually competing with these teams and they're giving us a run for our money is is actually somewhat surprising me, given how, how sort of an easier run it was last time we were in League One, and obviously it was a it was a completely different scenario then. But I think it's it's slightly a, a reality check and a, a massive wake up call for us. I think to to realise that you know we're not just going to breeze to survival, and in fact it's going to be it's going to be a tough ask, isn't it? Very much so. There's a there is expectation. There is uh, this belief amongst the fans that we've got a good enough side to be able to be competing with the best in this league, and I think that is a fair expectation to have. I think going forward, we've got a better attack this season than we did last year we in League One. You might look at the names like Lafondra and Medine and think they are higher caliber players, and therefore that the attack should be better. But realistically. Daryl Murphy is scoring goals at a rate that those two were never getting close to when they played for us. Yeah. And I think the wingers, the exciting play that we can see from the likes of Dodo and Belinda, I mean, Dodo in that first 15, 20 minutes was absolutely unplayable today. The goal that he scored was not a goal that anyone else in that League One team before could have scored. I think you've got to look at that and see that we should be getting at teams, should be trying to score goals rather than just play the defensive tactics that we saw under Phil Parkinson. I don't think the defence is anywhere near that standard, however. Jay Wright, appalling today. Absolutely appalling. Getting bullied by Aikens. A lot of people in this league will get bullied by Lucas Aikens. But at age 33, when this is supposedly your bread and butter league and you've played at a higher level than this, I don't think that's an acceptable performance even slightly. And that is where we're struggling. We might have this expectation that we can go and beat teams like Shrewsbury and Burton on paper. But Shrewsbury and Burton know this league inside out. And I think there was a, an element of uh, sort of doing a job on people today. They, they recognised yep. that there was, a, there was a lack of 
fight. There was a lack of, of people really wanting it. And they recognised that they know this league and they're going to be able to take it to us. We're a scalp. Everyone's going to raise their game when they come to the Macron. Shrewsbury and Burton play at stadiums that are absolutely nothing compared to what we play at. So imagine being a League One journeyman footballer and coming to that ground and thinking they can give us a bloody nose, like we used to do in the Premier League in the past. Yep. And that's what, we're, that's what we're getting at the moment. Yeah, it's coming back to bite us, isn't it, a little bit? I mean, James, you sort of just touched on this a little bit with your last point, in, particularly in the last three ge- games against Sunderland, Shrewsbury and Burton. Um, we're sort of struggling to actually find the, the roots of where we're actually going wrong in terms of you know struggling to hold on to leads, going for wins and, and sort of missing out on three points where, you know, where, where we've deserved it respectively. Uh, I mean, obviously, like you said, Tom, Darrell's Murphy's been the saving grace and uh, it, it, you know, obviously the, the rate at which he's scoring is, is incredible and it's going massively un, uh, you know, under the radar, I think, in the rest of the league just because you know, we're, we're, not, we're not being particularly competitive and you know, Ronan Darcy's done an exceptional job playing off him in, in the last couple of weeks as well. But I think ultimately we were wide open in midfield, particularly today. Um, Tom, obviously we were out with your, uh, we were without your best mate uh, Liam Bridcut, <laughs> and, uh, and and obviously Jason Lowe as well. Uh, I feel like we missed both of them massively today. I think perhaps more low, more low than the, than Bridcut. But I mean, do you, do you feel the scoreline perhaps would have been similar or the same, or do you think it would have been completely different with with one or both of those two today? Uh, I think you desperately needed Luke Murphy to stay on the pitch more than anything else. Um, I think they were doing a, a reasonable job in there. Uh, it didn't help that we're alongside him, isn't a defensive midfielder, and therefore there was a lot of gaps being exploited by the likes of Edwards and um, I, don't know, I think Spara, Sabara, whatever his name is. Um, they, they, they were quite useful going forward, and I think Jason Lowell, Liam Brickett would have picked them up um, mm. and, and stopped them before they got to the centre-halves, because a lot of the ball was being played into Aikens were re- relatively unchallenged. Um, I agree, I think Lowe was a bigger loss than Bridcut. Um, that's not because, of the, the, in my opinion, on Bridcut, I think he would have been m- much better in this side than out of this side. Not as a centre-half, obviously. Mm. Um, because I think there was an element of a 2-0, certainly, someone who could get on the ball, be very, very calm in possession, and ensure that we could see it to half-time at least, uh, and then go from there. Um, and in that midfield, there wasn't really anyone who was doing that today. But it's, it, I think the bigger problem is the attitude. Yeah, the attitude to, of someone like Luke Murphy, a most experienced man who's got to lead that midfield to get himself sent off in 49 minutes in a game that we're 3-2 down in. Just absolutely scandalous. And I, I, I think that comes from the manager. I, I, don't, I don't think he's... The discipline under, under Hill has been absolutely appalling. Yeah. And this, this is just a very, very stark example of, of it going wrong. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? The fact that we seem to be losing our heads quite easily at this point. And to be, set, be getting sent off after 49 minutes, obviously Jason Lowe was... I don't, it was that second half or first half last week. I can't actually remember. But second it, half, fifty-eight minutes. I think. It yeah. Was. Well, again, it's not too far off, is it? It's just a, a little bit alarming that this is. You know, I think the stats said on a, on on that Twitter account. I think it was BWFC stats said it was our our fortieth of the of the decade or something. Uh, lows. So I mean, to make it forty-one within within a you know three days or whatever is is is, is quite startling. Um, James, what's your take on I mean, it? Do you think there's a there's a serious lack of discipline in there? Do you think it's just you know, a simple error that's been made in the heat at the moment, or do you think there's perhaps more to it? Uh, I'd probably say I'd probably say there's a bit of a discipline problem because, uh, like like Tom was saying with um, Dordu, first 10-15 minutes or so, we were absolutely unplayable. You could tell what style we were playing. We were playing it on the ground. We were calm on the ball. We were we were quick to pass and move about, get into spaces, all that sort of stuff. And then it just 
team to completely disappear. As it, was their, as, it was their as goal. Soon as they scored. They, it just absolutely killed it, didn't it? Like the whole yeah. thing of it. Yep. Oh yeah, and then from then on, we were mainly spraying passes, play, playing playing to header tennis with 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 both sides. Mm. I don't know. I don't know why that becomes our default as soon as we can see. Maybe it's maybe it's a trigger to say, "Hey, they've just equalised. We need to get back them as quick as possible." But instead of relaxing, being calm, and just playing how you were before, which was mm. successful, regardless of whatever mistake led to the first goal, yeah. it's it's a case of shit, shit, shit. We can't let them build any momentum in this. We need to hit back at them straight away. And I don't think that's where we should be going about it. So I think I, it's, I, I think it's somewhat the opposite. We seem to sit back every, each time we concede. To be honest, I think we should be going. Look, we need to reinstate that two goal lead rather than sitting back, putting everyone behind the ball, and then going. Oh, right, we need to look after this now. Well, I was sitting back because, like I was saying, when we spray the pa- when we spray the passes long ball instead of just playing it calmly on the ground like we were before, we end up losing more possession because we just keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it's and it's forcing us back and it's letting them grow into the game and play their game. But we never win those challenges in the middle, in, in the air, or anything like that. Like you said, they push us back because we're not strong enough, particularly in the middle, particularly you know from from goal kicks and what have you. We we just seem to let it come back to us every time. I, I just don't know what it is. I don't know whether there's a there's a mentality problem or what, but it just seems like we're almost accepting that we're not going to get three points from a game anymore, and that can't be the case, particularly in this league, particularly in our position. I just don't know how you can accept that. And I'm not blaming the players necessarily of doing that, but I think there's somewhat of an, a mentality being instilled in that squad whereby they're being told to just defend for their lives and we shouldn't have to be put through that every week. Tom, I don't know if you agree with that at all. Uh, I thought that was the case um, against Sunderland, um, which I think was relatively sensible. We could, you know, a point there was a good result. Um, but And also it was the case against Shrewsbury when we went down to 10 men. And I w- I'm just convinced that had um, Lowe not got himself sent off, we'd have got ourselves back ahead in that game because they didn't show me enough that they defensively that they were going to stop us from scoring again if we you know, had a full uh, a full team out there. But I think uh, what what's bad about the attitude of uh, trying to defend for your lives you've got to have the defenders to be able to do that and I don't think we do at the moment I think no. Wright's not strong enough to be able to to lead a back line without someone like a Hobbs or someone else alongside him is a bit stronger Earl I thought played alright today I didn't think he was particularly poor I don't think he's been particularly poor any game that I've seen him mm. um, my, my only concern with him is I don't think he's that interested in defending as he is in tr- trying to make long um, busting runs from centre half and so if we're going to play the ball up long, we're going to play it to Daryl Murphy's head, and I think his hold-up play is quite good. But it, it, it shouldn't be the tactic that we employ most of the time. We play our best football when we're playing it on the deck. There were times, even today, in a performance that wasn't particularly good, when playing it around at the back and yeah. into midfield, we actually passed it around really, really nicely. And there's, there's, in terms of what Hill's done in, uh, in, in terms of, there's still evidence of it, isn't there? Yeah, what's that? There's still evidence of it, isn't there? Really, you know, like you said, we play it around nicely in the middle. It's just it, it's not continuous. It, it's not a, it's not a consistent thing. No, it's in, it's in spells in the game. It's ne- it's never for a long period of time, and we're capable of doing it. And I wonder why there isn't that confidence to just keep on doing it. I think there needs to be a bit more of an arrogance in there. Maybe you go and get players who have that have that arrogance who can actually get um get that style of play going for a longer period of time. Yeah, it just needs to happen. I think that's that's going to stem really from from the business that we do in the January transfer window, um, and I think that's going to be going to be increasingly important important as it as as sort of uh, you know posed by the day really. Um, you know, obviously we're facing you know numerous loans going back as of today. 
uh, from from what I can gather. I think it's Jake Wright, Liam Brigcourt, Timo Verlinden, and Josh Hill. Um, I mean, James, I know you've sort of already told the the line of Vienna group, but sort of please enlighten us with the with the enlighten the listeners uh, with your to be retained list and the and the non extension list, please. Uh, well, uh, well, an absolute keep is for Linden because let's face it, he's one of my most creative players. He, he may not have shown that as much today, but in other games, he's sometimes the absolute game changer. Yeah. Um, Josh Earl, Josh Earl, we all like. Let, I think he's more comfortable in the centre, but obviously he can also play a left back if need be. So that's gonna that versatility is probably going to be a bit important, especially in such a thin squad. Mm. Liam Bridcourt is he's a leader. I'm, He's a leader, uh, but he's not a centre back. But yeah. he's a leader, and I mean that we missed I, that today massively, didn't we? Although I thought Jake Wright was incredibly vocal, I thought that's all he offered really today. Um, he, he's vocal, he's vocal, but he's not authoritative. Like William no. Bridcup, even though it can be a flaw of his game sometimes, like Tom pointed out, he he demand he's very demanding. Whether it's sometimes it's possession of the ball or whether it's getting the players around him to move, move into positions where he can get rid of it, he's very demanding like that. He has that authoritative about them and, and we'll probably need that um going forward absolutely been off jake right yeah i, I just I, don't think he, he's capable even at this level which has come a bit of a shock to me i'm not gonna lie i mean i didn't see any of him before he came to Wanderers, but even so i think i've been a little bit disappointed by him to say i think he's, people get old first choice he's 33 you know i i think sometimes in a physical battle like he was in today if you're at that age you don't necessarily want it as much yeah, and I think well, it's thirty-three. I don't think he fancies it. Yeah, it's like it's like our own Liam pointed out. What kind of centre back doesn't go up for a corner? I'm not. Maybe that desire's not there, or maybe he just prefers be, being able to think. But he doesn't have the pace to handle any counter counter attack really. And his mm. positioning, despite his experience, isn't always that great. I mean, we saw it during that fourth goal today when shocking. Edward sent the ball through to. But he's, he was at least he was a couple yards away from him, just giving one of the best strikers in this league free reign to have a shot at Matthews. Yeah, I think that runs throughout the team, doesn't it? And I know I've made the point over and over again, but there's a severe lack of pace. I don't think anyone's got the luxury of being able to storm up the field as you know, particularly Josh Hill likes to do, because we haven't then got anyone to cover with any pace. All the lads that are going up and getting themselves lost in possession losing possession further up the field don't have the pace to recover either and I know that pace costs but at the end of the day you if you're going to invest anywhere it's in a, it's in that area I think and and I know that a couple of the lads have said you know a, a right-footed centre-half as well is, is a must-be as well and I know it's a lot to ask of us given our situation but even so you, you have to invest where it's necessary and I don't think you can you can hide from that to be honest with you we don't necessarily need a pacey centre back. I don't think. I think we just more need a, a Jack Hobbs type, someone who's just a leader in the back line, knows yeah. his positioning well, and someone big who can bully all those players around. Because we have severely missed Hobbs since his injury, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he'd be yeah. right. Perhaps would have done a little bit better playing off Hobbs, but you know, I, I think he's struggling. You know, having having all that back four to deal with himself because sort of the rest of them don't really look as if they can deal with it themselves it's it's a little bit worrying considering how how leaky the defence has been and perhaps he's the root of it so um, yeah I think you, you're definitely right to say that he's not one to keep on really it just means that we've got to fill another gap though doesn't it I don't, that's the debate I, mean, I don't think it? we do though I think centre half is a position we're actually relatively well stocked in if we can get Hobbs fit enough because I still don't think um, Zuma should be a first choice centre half but if you can get um, Earl Hobbs and Edwards as your three main ones that you rotate I'm very happy with that. 
I think Edwards has been very unlucky not to walk straight back into that team since he's been uh, come back from injury. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I'd actually start Edwards against uh, Rochdale, especially since we don't know when Hobbs is going to be back if it's this chronic back problem that he seems to keep having. Mm. And also, you need to be able to think that if we do get relegated, Liam Edwards is the kind of person who's going to stick with us next season and needs to be playing games regularly to get up, get us back up. Yeah, yeah he's contracted till 2022 anyway, so we know exactly. that we'll have him. He was the first one that we renewed, and there was a reason for that because he was really, really impressive. And and since he w- went out of the team, that was when the five 0 losses started happening. Yeah, no, it, yeah. It, I think the the kids are actually the ones that we've got to keep sweet because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are going to be with us in League Two, aren't they? And they're the ones that want to play for the shirt, play for the club. And if nobody else does, if they sack it off after League Two, or they don't feel like they want to stay on in January, that those that are, that are out of contract, then that's fine. But we, we've really got to start, you know, yeah. owing it back to these youngsters as much as they were a temporary solution at the time, they're actually going to be very much part of our future furniture, aren't they, really? So, uh... Well, that's why I'd send some of them out on loan, because I disagree with Tom saying we don't need a centre-back, because I because I still think Zuma probably needs a loan, and then we can get someone experienced in his place to, 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 to fill that by, because I don't think Zuma's going to be playing that much from, from now on, since a lot of our players are coming back. Josh Earl's fit, and I think he'll come back. Liam Edwards is back, and we'll probably get... Um, Hobbs back at some point he, he can go out on loan like that and it's the same with uh, Sonny Graham like we may not rate him right now but if we send him out on loan getting some proper experience in the lower leagues where he can start to mature a bit learn play his trade a bit more learn a bit more of the side of the game tactical mm. side of the game I should say then then we can have those players whether it's in League 2 or League 1 ready for next season but if we want to stay but if we want to try and put in the effort to stay up this season we're going to have to really know Ah, really, really knuckle down because some of these kids, like we've demonstrated with Darcy and politics today, especially, they are already ready. But some of them, like like we say, the Zoomers, the Grahams, etc., they still have some maturing to do. So we probably need to get them out there playing regularly, so they are a bit more match ready by the time we go for whatever we need to in whatever league next season. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think really the one area that you do have to to look at improving um, because I've only just realised this as of tonight we haven't got a left back so I think unless Liam Edwards is going to play at full back then you've seriously got to look at that because Adam Chickson's on a short term permanent deal obviously that expires today and, uh, I, I, I'll be honest, I expect that to be renewed instantly. I mean it, it has to be because otherwise we're completely short there and yeah we've got Joe ten... Bunny is coming back but obviously not ready yet no but we've got 10 days on next game Joe you know I mean? but it's it's a big ask of the ones to come back from injury. I know, and, and to get the deals done, to get a, a new deal done. I think the easiest thing to do is just renew, it, isn't it? At the minute, I think we do have. Well, a, it's have not just a, it's not up. just a matter of easy ease or necessity for Chicks. And I think it's the fact that most of the season, even though you you might disagree with me, I think he's been good. He's, he's been, been good. good. He was good today. Mm. I thought he was good today. What was wrong with him today? There wasn't anything wrong with it. I just don't think he, it's. It's one of those I know where you're saying if you don't know it's the fullback then that means he's having a good game and yeah that's fine but I just I, I, I don't know what I expected of him but it's almost just not he's not quite lived up to the expectations but it's I, I feel like Josh Hill had a better game last week at, at left back than Chickson did and I know he was he, he obviously came on after a while given uh, given that thing he got uh, Brick up had to go off but even so um, I, I feel like Earl is definitely a stronger candidate at left back and I don't know whether we'll look to renew him as well possibly um, I think given that he, he's, a, he's a little bit versatile obviously he can play centre half as well 
I think he's arguably, you know, a more important renewal than Chickson. I don't know whether you'd agree there, but um, I, I feel like that's certainly one we need to be doing anyway. Um, James, sorry, I, I, I sort of cut across you there. I know you were sort of going through no, your no, list of... No, no, it's, no, it's all right. Um, uh, I think you've gone through most of them. I think you said Jake, right? Yeah. You said yeah, Rick uh, I think the only I think the only renewal we're missing now is um, Buckcliff to see whether he extends his short term beyond January. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I'm not going to say much on that point to be honest. Tom, what do you think? He wasn't fit today. I don't think it was a fair test to judge him on today. Um, there, there, there is a reasonable player in there, uh, but it's whether you're not you want to play him out wide in a position where he tends to go missing, or if you then drop Darcy and or Crawford when he comes back to put him in an attacking midfield. So he's not one that I'd necessarily be desperate to you know get him to sign a contract. No. But I do worry what sort of market we're fishing in and whether or not we can get better or uh, players who are able to fill as many roles as he is able to fill. What I thought was really strange today is when he brought him on, why he, having told us that Buckley's not a winger, he's an attacking midfielder or a central player, Did and then proceeded to put him out wide and then put Verlinden at, at striker. I mean, it yeah. was just baffling decision. Baffling. There's one point I saw sort of in, in the middle of the play when the ball had gone out that Verlinden was actually you know, sort of arguing regarding his position and, you know, why he was there and what have you. Or so it seemed to be to the best of my lip reading abilities, but um, he just didn't seem all that impressed with being stuck up front on his own because I think he knows himself that he's not he's not best utilised there. And I think he was brought off almost immediately after that, which the, the th- the I don't know what is, that tells you. But. No, well, what, it, what it tells me is that the, the kid has got a bit of a backbone about him and knows his own mind. But the problem is that I don't think... I think that came across a little bit as sulking and I don't necessarily think Thibaut Villain is the person who we need in a dogfight. I no. think Dennis Politic is the kind of person needing need in a dogfight because I said this on Twitter earlier. The guy, this is his club. This is his club that he's yep. been at for a long, long time and he's going to be here for a long, long time. We um, need Politic. We go down. So give him games. He's gonna, he's the person who's going to fight for you. Thibaut Villain on a loan contract, his, might, his talent is not going to fight for you the same way. I've, I've said this for the last few weeks and nobody seemed to say it really because he, he's got off the boil a little bit since, since the seniors were brought in. But I just think he's absolutely invaluable to us and a lot of people would call for him to go out alone and so on. I feel like he's just incredibly important to us and I feel like today he's proved that. You know, he, he came on and he could have, you know, sort of jogged around and not really offered anything, but he wanted to prove a point that he's worth starting. And I think, particularly if Linden goes back, he's an absolute cert to be starting. And we've got to make the most of him because he's an absolute incredibly, incredible talent. Sorry to interrupt, Will, but I think uh, Politic was in the same boat as Darcy was initially because Darcy spent a good amount of time out of the team around yeah. two or three months before he came back in and knew that scene because initially he wasn't doing that great when when Hill first came in. Politic was more a player out of necessity, the same thing. He didn't really have as much impact on previous games like he had in this game. In this game, he was absolutely brilliant. I think it was just a case of him needing some time out the side and le- learning what he had to do to get back into it. What, I, yeah, what, like, I, I understand that you've got to prove yourself to be a part of that starting eleven because I know that that's Keith's big thing. But at the end of the day, if, if he's proved to you or, or you know that he's a game-changer... You've just got to do whatever it is that's going to change the game rather than just making him earn his stripes or whatever. It's more important to win a bloody game than prove to the manager that you know, you're know you willing to wait and sit on the bench for X amount of games until you feel as if you've deserved a place back. It, it just, it, I get the mentality and I get the discipline and blah, 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 but it, it just seems more important to just get the bloody points on the board. I don't know about you, but it, 
when you've got players like that sat on the bench that everybody knows is full of talent and are willing to, to fight and try and win games like that, to leave them sat on the bench for games on end just makes very, very little sense to me. I don't know about you, James. Uh, well, personally, I would also have um, brought him on earlier because because uh, Dodu, as soon as uh, their goal went in, uh, oh, I'll get to this point later, I'll rant about this later, but um, as soon as their goal went in, Burton started to get more dirty with, dirty with the play and mm. um, started to bully Dodu out of the game because they knew that they could get away with... Um, with some of what they were doing. Well, it, it was from, it was from the first ten minutes, James. Like Liam argued this on the, on the line of energy chat earlier, and I, I know you would have seen it. That since they noticed that that Dodo had their left back on toast every single time, they just resorted to fouling him, and that completely blocks out the game. And it's like, well, the ref should have done more then, but obviously he didn't because he was absolutely useless. And I'm not blaming the ref for everything that happened in that game, but it just seemed to be that we were massively, you know, taking out that game just because. Dodie was but, just marked out of the game. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I'll get back to the ref eventually. But for, but um, no, no, you summed it up uh, quite well there. It was just a case of, um, oh god, um, yeah. Like I was saying, I just would have brought politic on earlier because you because when you're in that position, especially sometimes you just need to switch it up, switch it up um, sooner. So the opponent didn't really know what to predict. And politic is a different type of player to Dodie. Politics a lot more of a quick runner, while Dodo, it takes some time for him to get going. Mm-hmm. We've seen some, how slow he can be to accelerate sometimes. He's fast when he gets there, as proven by his goal today, but sometimes it just takes some time. And he's also not as really skillful a dribbler. He's more of a light toucher. So, so it's it's just it's just it's just different. It was probably just a case of different needs. That's that might be the type of tactical game that Hill himself needs to work on using his substitutes a lot better. Mm, yeah, I think that's definitely a point that I've made, particularly on Twitter myself, that the substitutions you've got to be better and yes, we've got a limited bench to choose from, but I think even so, there's better decisions to be made in that respect and I think politics was certainly one that, that you know, has re- rewards today, particularly to an extent, obviously we haven't got that win, but he, he's at least, you know, shown that he deserved to, to be a, a regular starter, I think, um, in, in future games, but... You know, I, th- I think it's been particularly questionable against Sunderland and Shrewsbury, and I know that you lads sort of disagree with me on this, but I felt like in the closing 10 minutes of both of those games, we just, like, part the bus, like, t- took every attacking threat off, replaced them with either full-backs or centre-halves, and that was that, shut up shop and, and, and go for the point. And I just think at this level, you've just got to go for the wins at all, at all costs, really. And, yeah, we were down to 10 men for one of them, and, yeah, we were knackered in the other, but... Like it's not difficult to just go another ten minutes, is it? Really, like that much to ask? And I know that they've got a game three days later, yes, but surely they, if they've got the fitness to go eighty minutes, they've got the fitness to go ninety minutes. And I don't know whether it's a fitness problem. I don't know what the training's like. Whether they're playing, you know, full length matches, it, it, it training, whether they're just doing bits in the gym or what. I, I, I don't know what the regime is, and I, I I can't speak from that respect, obviously. But it's it's so difficult to understand why that is and why we seem to play so well for 80 minutes and then, you know, it, it completely changes. I mean, it was the opposite today because we played excellent in the last 10 minutes, but that was because we were crap for an hour before that. It, it just, it's so difficult to to sort of fathom where that's coming from. Tom, I don't know if you sort of have an opinion on that at all or, or sort of why perhaps that was the case. Oh, I think it was a necessity in both games. To be honest, I was very much in favour of just parking the bus and taking the point. I think we were in positions where 
in our situation, every point matters. Um, and it would have been very, very disheartening to lose either of those games, um, given the hard work they've been putting before to get us into that position. I think the the substitutions is an issue because he, he's, I don't think he's utilised them well throughout his entire time at Bolton Keithill, but mm. that's just one amongst the numerous amounts of problems that I think have, have occurred underneath, under his management. Um, taking off Valendon in the Shrewsbury game was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Valendon had played absolutely fantastically well, whereas Dodu hadn't really had that much of a good game. Why would you take Valendon off? I think, I think out ball? ever taking Valendon off is a bad decision. I don't think you can argue that. Valendon can't defend, bear in mind, and, and, he, and he does give away stupid fouls by trying to defend. He's a quintessential mm-hmm. attacker who is only interested in attacking. So when you're trying to part the bus, I understand why you would not necessarily want him on the pitch, but you also need to have an out ball. Mm-hmm. And in the Shrewsbury game, a lot of the time, because they were attacking so much to try and get the win, Daryl Murphy was left on his own a lot of the time up front. Yeah. And if he had Valendon's pace in alongside him and some of the opportunities we had to break, I think we could have ended up nicking that game. As such, we didn't because it was Murphy left on his own. There's, there's a time and a place to sort of be ultra-defensive, and I think we used it relatively well to make sure that we got those two points, but you have to then have another another option, because if you stand there in like defence versus attack for the best part of, what was it, 30 minutes when Lowe was sent off, you're going to end up conceding. And to be fair, we did concede. We were lucky with the offside, but we did concede, and you have to be a little bit more positive in that regard. Yeah, it's difficult to sort of know when when it when it's the right time to to sort of go for a point when it's the right time to go for a win. Um, I know obviously you you don't want to then end up losing it just by you know going all out for the win and and, and sort of risking that. But I think in a situation like we were in today, the game was already lost at that point. You literally just had to throw the kitchen sink at it. And although it did, to be fair, it brought the likes politic on and, and O'Grady and what have you. I just felt like that should have happened earlier, and it just. It needs to click earlier with us for some reason that we do actually need. I don't know why I clicked actually then as well. But anyway, um, that it just needs to happen quicker and it needs to be more of an instant reaction. And I know we had a go at him for, for making changes far too early, sort of in his earlier um, regime. But I just think that if at half-time even, if necessary, I thought we was a certain substitution and that never happened, much to my surprise. Um, you, I mean, you lads know how strongly I sort of felt about today and, and his performance. But... It, it, I don't understand what he's holding back from, and I know he doesn't want to risk, you know, not having someone to replace an injury with or a red card or whatever. But that shouldn't be a factor. You should just be there thinking, right, I've got three subs. I need to use them to the best of our ability. What's going to benefit us most? And it just seems like he doesn't do that. I don't, do you I think don't he's? Know what it is. Do, you, do you think he's uh, prob- probably trying to o- overthinking things? Yeah, I do because he, he just looks far too into it to the point where he's considering every likely outcome that you could possibly have and it's just like you've just got to focus on the matter in hand at that minute and I, I know this that's sort of been a recurring thing with what I've said throughout this podcast but it, it just seems to be common sense I don't know whether it, it's me being daft whether it's me obviously not being a manager and not having that experience but I don't know why it seems so obvious to me as a fan anyway I don't know whether you lads feel the same that it just needs to happen as you see it rather than waiting for every other eventuality and covering that if possible it's not like the game's going to go to extra time you know, the, the problem is, Will, it's not our job and it's not our job on the line. So we're, we're happy to make these sort of more happy-go-lucky decisions than a manager is necessarily willing to make because he's concerned that if it does go wrong, that's his livelihood on the line. Yeah. Whereas with us, we're, we're fans. We only care about the football side. We don't care about the money side. So there's bound to be a bit more extra pragmatism when it's actually your job. Sure. Yeah, no, I understand that. It's, it's just a little bit frustrating, I think, for, from everyone's perspective when... 
you know, there's a game there to be won and, and perhaps, you know, it then ends up going the other way. But that's football, I guess, isn't it? Um, so anyway, sort of looking positively and, and forward into January, it's obviously going to be a huge window. Uh, and with those sort of departures in mind that we've just covered, we, we do have the basic level of, levels of backup, as, you, as you've just suggested, with the likes of Harry Brockbank, Liam Edwards, Sonny Graham, Dennis Politic and so on, but I do think it, it, it's pretty obvious that we do need to recruit, um, particularly in the areas that, we, that we've already discussed. I mean, as Keith Hill and, and, and it, Tom, if you, if you put yourself in issues, as you've just suggested that I do, uh, <laughs> where, where, where would you start with that, really? You know, what, what would be the first position that you go to and think, right, we need someone in that area? Um, well, my most important position, I would, I would say, has to be central midfield. Um, yeah. I know, I know that we're we're in for a goalkeeper. I think the, the rumor mill was saying that Josh Lillis at Rochdale was one that we were looking at, and we do need a backup goalkeeper because I know you love Matty Alexander, but <laughs> I don't really want him if Remy does get injured to be our goalkeeper for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, but we do. We need someone in central midfield. If we renew Bridcut, I think it's a mistake. I only think it's a mistake because he's going to be costing us a bit more than the average League One midfielder will do, even on loan wages. Um, so and and I don't necessarily think he adds enough to the team, enough stability to the team, especially when he's out injured half the time. Um, in for us, especially when we're going to need some uh, real consistency to have a chance of staying up. But if not, we need to blood some people who are our own players. So I think if we can make some signings that are looking to to either next season or at least to be part of our squad, regardless of what league we're in, I think that Norburn at Shrewsbury got um, touted towards us because he's a Bolton lad. Yeah, he's some. Rep- Relatively impressive. If there was a deal to be done there, I'd be happy with it. He's one of those. Uh, you just want any team. Three players available, haven't they? If Claudio yeah. Jacob is willing to come and do a job for us this season, my God, that would be fantastic. But central midfield, we need someone who's going to sit there alongside Jason Lowe um, and do the dirty work, so that players like Crawford and Darcy can go forward and cre- help create attacks. Definitely, I think centre midfield is a good shout. And that Norburn, I think he's as much as I complained about his attitude in that other game. I think he is. Just one of those players that you want on your team and not one that you want to play against, isn't he, really? So, yep, Carl Henry Shittel's model. Yeah, I, I, I'd be more than happy having him, so I think that's a good shout. James? Uh, pretty much in the same boat, centre-made. Um, we'd probably need to, depending on Bridcut, because he's been injured three times, so I'm not sure where I trust him to stay fit when we need him at this point. Although I do like the lad, but fitness is kind of a priority going into the last stage of the season. Yeah. in a sense but, but if it's Bridcut then it's Bridcut if it's someone else it's someone else but we, but regardless we need an, another one anywhere because yeah. I'd say maybe another box to box type like like um, it it's same, sort of in the same mould as Luke Murphy because we have our two stalwart defensive midfielders there if we have Bridcut and Law and so, but, so we need someone who, who's better who's a bit better at carrying the ball like, like Luke Murphy was today and in, at least in my opinion because if we want to keep playing this sort of style where we want to keep it on the ground then then we're going to need someone who's willing to drill a bit further with the ball Bridcut likes to play the long passes or the short passes Jason Law usually play Jason Law does the same we need someone who's better at carrying it forward so that the, so that the guys like Darcy who's obviously more benefit more beneficial on the ground the Linden etc can can have the ball their ball at the feet at their feet a bit easier. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a good shout, but I think that renewals are sort of, you know, as if they're a given. I think we do perhaps need to be looking a little bit further into the market as well. And I know it's difficult to sort of suggest and sort of pick names out of thin air, 
because at this level you're not really sure who you are looking at, and I think you can only base it on on what we've seen so far this season from the from the opposition that have come to the come to the Reebok really. And I think Norburn was a good shout, particularly from Tom. Um, and you know, I think lots we'll pay money for Norburn. Yeah, he, he would do. He, 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 won't, a price, they won't, he? they won't release his contract, and so I, I don't think he's in the market. No, I think that account, the one, two, three, four account, had said that we we got a prize for him. So I don't know whether we've got that luxury of actually buying players or not. I don't know what the embargo restrictions to, but um, it'd be nice to sort of have someone like that at least, maybe even on a loan or whatever. I don't. I mean, he's captain, isn't he? So I doubt they'll let him go out on loan. But I don't know. Just whatever we can sort of um, come up with, it'd be good. Um, and I, I trust that our scouting network will be good enough to. To bring us some players that we perhaps didn't expect to be to be as good as they have been as as, as they have in the past. Um, we were talking about loans though, and and saying how if we want to get rid of Wright and you know playing devil's advocate, let's say that we are happy with our centre back options with Wright not there, assuming that Jack Hobbs can come back fit relatively soon, then that's another loan place available. And if you were going to go to a Premier League side and say, do you want your young central midfielder to get guaranteed game time? I, I think there'd be a lot of people who bite your hand off and send out people. There was that. Holland mm. at West Ham, who we looked at before, who made his Prem debut the other day. I'm not saying we'd necessarily be first in the queue to get him as a League One club, but you know, experience is invaluable a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think we, we we can offer that to Premier League teams. We can. I'm not sure how you know whether they'd be reluctant to give us those sort of players or whether they'd be open to it. It's it just you just have to see, and I think that they'd have to take quite a, a cut of the wage as well, but. Um, it just depends what they're willing to negotiate on, and I'm sure the uh, the officials at the club will know that better than us. Um, but one that we're, we're we're particularly familiar with anyway. I think Tom, you you were just about to briefly touch on it anyway. Uh, the rumor mills kicked back into life regarding Zach Clough. Uh, I believe that he's that Nottingham Forest have made him available as of uh, as of today. Uh, are, we, are we still keen on taking him back, or do you think Darcy's performance has, has perhaps swung it the other way for you, uh, Tom? I'll come to you. Uh, I think Darcy deserves his shot. To yeah. be honest with you, I've, I've I've never been Clough's biggest fan. Uh, I I could understand why you would want him in the team. Originally, when we were having the conversation before, because at that point it was only Ali Crawford in that attacking midfield role, and Darcy hadn't really shown us what he could do. But now that he has, I I'd say he's a I'd say he's a better player. The only thing that Clough's got on him is is the finishing. Yeah, that is that, and the, the, he doesn't have the attitude to cope physically in that midfield. Really, for me, Zach Clough, whereas Darcy does, despite his his slight frame. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think Clough would only really be in that attacking midfield role. Yeah. Um, um, as, as a finisher, as a, as a finisher rather than a hard worker. And I sure. think it, it might leave us a bit open in the midfield if we didn't have someone who was willing to put in the hard yards. Yeah, I mean, we've got Crawford for that, I guess, haven't we? And I know that him and Darcy are very similar players and Darcy, perhaps the only thing he is missing is a finishing. I mean, imagine what sort of a player he'd be if he had close finishing. It'd be, it'd be some player, wouldn't he? More so he'd have five goals by now. Yeah, easily. It, uh, he's certainly a talent, and I'm, you know, he's doing incredibly well at the minute. But James, do you think he he's worth swapping out for Clough? I mean, not swapping out, but you know, do you think Clough would, would be able to to take his place at all? Or do you not? Do you think it's better leaving? I think it's a luxury that we can't afford. But in this league, Tom pointed it out a lot. Um, he doesn't have the really have the physicality or even the stamina that Dicey does that we're going to need in this league, especially with such a thin with such thin squad space. You might make the argument that yeah, it's not really that necessary when he brings the creative when he brings the creativity. But say we get into a situation like we did against against Burton today, mm. would, would Clough be willing to step into that defensive midfield role and put in the hard yards, put in the hard tackles and whatnot? I don't I don't think he would. Meanwhile, I think 
um, Ali Crawford, when he eventually comes back, Ronan Darcy already proved that he's willing to do that. And I, th- and I think even while Crawford's out, I think Buckley can play the attacking midfield midfield role and even when he was semi-tired he was putting in the defensive work so I think he's willing to do the same I'm not sure about about Clough because he's he's just not physical no I don't don't know to be fair I think I'd give him another shot but I don't think he's necessarily worth um, you know swapping Darcy out for or or taking him out of the equation because I think he's he's added plenty you know to, to our game particularly in the last few weeks so um, I'd be more than happy to, to, to keep him as a, as a permanent fixture in, in that side. If we couldn't get Clough, or even if we did, I think he'd, he'd have to prove his worth again anyway. So we'll just have to see what happens with that. Um, just sort of coming into the, to the closing stages of this episode, we'll, we'll look ahead to, to Rochdale. It's obviously about 10 days away now. We, we haven't got a game for a while. But it, it does look again another winnable game, Tom. Uh, I mean, hopefully we'll have some new faces in by then. But sort of what, what's your prediction for that? It's a, you're right, it's only a winnable game if we have a new midfield by then because yep. at this point we'll be going into that match with James Weir, Sonny Graham and Ronan Darcy as our midfield three. In which case and it's not. <laughs> exactly, exactly. exactly. If, if you are Callum Camps and, um, God, what's the guy's name he scored today? I can't remember now. Uh, Dooley and uh, Henderson. You're look, well, Henderson is looking at that thinking, I'm going to have free reign to get as many passes through to me as I possibly want. Yep. He's just It's going to be so, so, so easy for them. So uh, if if we don't have a holding midfielder, I think that's a, that's a game that we lose. If we do have a holding midfielder and we've got a few more attacking options, because Verndon probably won't be playing there, mm-hmm. um, we've got to be, we then have a bit more of a shot. But I think it depends on where he puts Buckley, to be honest, because I can see Buckley starting that game. But if he starts out wide, I'm not sure we're going to see the best of him. No, fair enough. James, what do you think? Um, well. You say it's a winnable game, but we've already lost three times to them this season. So true, true. <laughs> so, so yeah, and yeah, so it's good. So it's just going to be a dangerous game, regardless. The midfield is obviously a worry, but it depends. Whatever we'll see if he brings someone in. I think he will. Whether it's either Bridcut coming back or someone else, he'll get. I think he'll get someone, someone in that midfield to cover the role. Because yeah, yeah, you can. He could have easily brought Sonny Graham on, like you were saying, because Weir wasn't having the best game, to put it nicely, before before Murphy went off. Yeah, yeah. He could have easily brought him on when when Murphy went off as well, but he chose not to. So, so, so we'll see. But I don't know. I don't know. It's honestly a really hard one to call. So it it is going to be dependent on that midfielder midfielders in it because i can't really think of anything else because I, I think politic after especially after the form state will be buzzing off that he can seamlessly fit in where the linden once was on yeah. that left hand side so i'm not too worried about that that from that perspective we'll also need to see what defense he employs because obviously whether he renews right or not um i I'd, I'd be changing up that defense anyway will Liam, will will Liam edwards have the Experience in the head necessary to be able to deal with um, uh, Henderson, Wilbraham, if he's brought on. Because we remember from our own home game, uh, when Wilbraham came on, he completely changed it on and against our inexperienced defence. Now we know Ed, like Edwards and that isn't nearly as young as Senior was, but mm. he's, he's still a young, relatively inexperienced player at this level. So we'll have to see whether he can cope with that. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of factors really to consider, and I'd be wary, very, yeah. very wary about calling this a winnable game. 
Yeah, fair enough. I'll go with that. Just before we move on to the Twitter questions, then let's just have a score prediction from each of you for that game. Tom? I'm going to be very hopeful and say that we'll get a one all draw. Optimistic. James? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to... I'll share. I'll share the optimism, but it, but I'm very, very, very much not not certain behind that. But I'll stay with the optimism. One one. One one. Fair enough. I'm gonna go. Uh, I want to go one nil us, but um, I'm tempted to. Not conceding, really? No, no. <laughs> I'm gonna go with you two and, and be a cop out and say one one as well. Um, it, it, one I think it it'll be one I think we'll go for in the first half and then perhaps, um, you know, soil our pants a little bit in the second one and then decide against it. But um, we'll just have to see what happens. But yeah, I think across the board we're going for one one, and so you listeners can let us know what you think as well. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come to the Twitter questions now. Seeing as soon as you listeners decide to to keep us informed in that way, uh, with your opinions as well. So we obviously asked you a couple of questions earlier regarding what you wanted to see, particularly in the second half of the season. Um, we obviously said which loanies would you like to keep, what areas do we need to focus on in the window, a realistic signing you'd love to see, and is Keith Hill exempt from criticism? This could be a little bit of an interesting one. Um, but just to sort of go down, go down the list quickly, I think the majority of the people who've replied have said Valinden and Earl, if possible. Um, I think Verlinda's pretty much the one that everyone's included. Earl's a popular choice though as well. Uh, I can see why. To be fair, um, it'd be. I think they'd both be, be good good lads to to keep on. Uh, besides the others that that we've obviously already mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, obviously answer them individually for the rest of them because I think otherwise it'd be it'd be all very samey with that first one. So. Uh, what areas do we need to focus on in the window? Uh, our very own Liam said the spine of the team. I think we, we all sort of agree with that. Chris Manning is uh, a goalkeeper, defence, midfield and attack. Of course he has. He's not, um, he's not wrong though, to be fair. <laughs> so true. Uh, Josh Bourne's pretty much said the same thing. Uh, Steve Morris has said the defence and midfield. Lee Ward, centre-half and a centre-mid. Uh, Joe, I'm not sure of his second name. Sorry, he said a centre back, uh, the one that's physical, quick, and experienced. I'm not sure. Right, has he got, has he got I was going to say company in his pocket or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love for you to name one there, really. Uh, another again, another shout. Zuma, Zuma. <laughs> another shout for a quality centre half and a central midfielder from Paul Howard. Uh, Mark Valentine again has said centre half. Joe McKenzie, we miss you, Joe. He's uh, he, he's on about midfielders, particularly Gary O'Neill would be would be a good one oh, to come back. Oh no, no, stop that, stop no, that. No, you're not I going. That's a great shout. I don't know what you're wrong. What's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, to be no, fair, I, I'd I'd have him back. Yeah, stop that. No, all right. Uh, I want someone who's actually been training most of the season. He's been doing whatever show he's been doing online or whatever it is. Yeah, he still he still be the best midfielder that we have. Yeah. But yeah, I think centre half and centre centre midfield seems to be popular shouts. I think we 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 weren't too far off that were we really. It seems yeah. to be a little bit of an obvious hole in the hole in the side that that needs desperately to be filled. Yeah, well, my, let, my let, big let concern me... that we've not talked about by the way is what happens if Daryl Murphy gets injured. Yeah, then, was, then we are. I was literally screwed. about to say the same thing. Let me pose a question to you guys. So I've seen a few wingers and midfit and um, striker shouts. Do we actually just get a striker anyway, or do we say? Get a winger and allow and allow Dodu to move into his more natural 
centre forward role. I don't think it's quite as easy just saying, "Shall we go and get a striker?" Like we, we, we've got. Yeah, that, I think that's what James's point is, though. You know, work with what we've got rather than yeah. go all that and try and find a forward for us. Yeah, because we've got kind of Hall coming back slowly-ish. I, I know we can't necessarily completely rely on him uh, as, as a lone striker. But, yeah, me too. But I just don't think he'd, he'd, he'd be able to lead the line necessarily on his own. But uh, I mean, we do have Dudu, as you say, as an option. Um, who else could play up front? Maybe Chris O'Grady. I don't know. I, th- I think we're fairly well stocked in that department. It's just whether or not we'd have the same goal return as we would with any as we did with uh, with Murphy. I think it is a little bit of a worry, and it'd be nice to have a you know somebody who's an out and out striker who is a bit of a bagsman as well. But I think I don't think they grow on trees, did they really? No, we've been very fortunate to get Murphy. Very, very fortunate. But the problem is he's 36. And he, going off today, I wasn't sure whether that was a tactical decision or whether or not he might have been picking up something and playing mm. so many games in such a short space of time. Keith, that's, you know, that's the first time he's been substituted. Yeah, Keith kept saying in his press conferences, though, that he wanted to bring him off every week. But he's been yeah. a necessity to leave on. So I think he's perhaps been planning it a little bit. And we're obviously just optimistic or hopeful even that it, it's not an injury that he's, uh, that he's started to pick up and it is just fatigue. But... Because um, otherwise we really would be screwed. Uh, one realistic signing you'd love to see. Uh, Liam says Clough, as we discussed last time. That's a great shout. Chris <laughs> Neil Warlock. Oh, that was good. Uh, yep. I mean, I, I can't say I didn't see that coming. He, uh, he, he said realistic though. <laughs> Warlock's not realistic. Uh, He's not. He's one hundred percent not. not. <laughs> uh, Josh Bowler again. Another shout for Vela. Uh, Steve Morris, Gaz O'Neill again. There's a couple of shouts for Gary O'Neill here. We need we need a midfielder that we know that we can rely on for Christ's sake. It'd be daft not to consider that as an option. I know, yeah. I the mean, problem, I... the problem is the bridge is burned. I reckon. I don't think O'Neill would want to deal with Hill after the way he was treated before. No, probably not. To be fair, Gary O'Neill again. Paul Howard. Uh, another shout for Clough. Gary O'Neill. Gee, he's he's popular. Uh, yeah, I think he he seems to be the the standout one besides besides Clough. There's a few shouts for Vela. I know. Yeah, that, I think it, I think it's just easy to rely on players that we've already had before. But I think, that's because we don't I know think, anybody else out there, James. Like nobody. Well, sticks yeah, out I can understand that. But um, but but a lot of those players in there that they've suggested have also let us down. I know Gary O'Neill didn't let us as much down last season, but he but he's in the same boat as Murphy. He's he's um. He's in his late thirties, and also, like I said earlier, he hasn't trained that much this season. So I don't know how reliable he'll actually be. No, true, but I mean, it, it, it's. I think everyone naturally goes to that because I think if you said to me until the Shrewsbury game, name me a centre midfielder in League One that you desperately want, I couldn't name you a single one because we still we're still in that sort of mindset where they're just tiny clubs and nobody's there as a particular personality that you think, oh yeah, I'd have him. I think he's the only one, perhaps Norman, that that stands out. Um, because besides that, I think you're looking at old faces as we tend to have done in the past. And the thing is, we can't really. I mean, having been to quite a few games ourselves, I can't really remember anyone who I think has run a game. No, from from that midfield. Whereas in the championship, every week I was seeing someone in that midfield absolutely tearing our. What, what was it. that? Wimbledon? Was it Wimbledon player? Uh, was it Billy Bowden? I don't. I don't know where. Uh, he what went. Bristol Rovers? Yes, Bristol ago. Rovers. That was it. Yeah, oh, I had a bit of player. He's a, he's but, a Preston now, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's out the window, isn't it? But, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be someone available like we did with Bridcourt. I'm sure there'll be a championship player who's not getting that many games we could probably get down. We're probably just not thinking them right now. We no. don't really need 
I think we've gone enough back to to using some of the old guard. Like we've got Law, we've got Buckley, we've got Matthews, etc. From last season, I don't think we need to dip in that pot anymore. We should probably try to move on. I mean, no, that's you're what right. I'm saying. The thing with the Forest thing, that what what rammed home to me was all of these playoff chasing teams who spent a lot, a lot of money have now got really bloated squads, which they don't can't really afford if they then don't get into the Premier League. Which is why I think Forest. Yeah, so keen to cancel contracts like they, like they did with Murphy and yeah. other teams are being in it, it, it was like your, it was like your shout with uh, Jakob. Well, I don't think we'd be able to get him in. Maybe probably because of wage demands. Like you say, he's a really good shout. We could probably find someone of similar ilkish who might be who might be affordable in that I'd sort of looking, thing. I'd be looking at Brentford or something like that. A team who don't have an awful lot of money and are still going for uh, going for the playoffs. They're going to have some deadwood in that squad that we would be able to pick up. I reckon. I don't know. I think you struggle to name one, wouldn't you? Really, and it's uh, it's a bit weird looking. Like you said just then, Tom, about Billy Bowden being at Preston. I've left it right to the very end because I didn't really want to do that whole decade on thing, decade challenge, or whatever it is. But no. you know, it's so weird to think, and I think it'd be very depressing for all Bolton fans to listen to this. So I'll try and keep it to a minimum. But I mean, you'd never think that ten years ago we'd be saying, "Oh yeah, there's no chance of signing him because he's at Preston." I know. How it is very that. sad. Sorry, it, it, sorry, lads. Just... <laughs> we were talking about you know whether or not it's not wise of us to think we're a big fish in a small pond. For the love of God, those Shrewsbury Town fans singing at us, Premier League, and you screwed it up or whatever. Yeah. When you know we got into Europe, I mean they've never been out of League One for Christ's sake. It's up to my knowledge. It's just oh god, it's depressing, isn't it? That is sad, isn't it? I know. We tried to keep it optimistic as for as long as we could. We got to the first of January. So I, I know, know, but I it's just—it's <laughs> just so depressing. I go to a football match with JJ Cotter on the back of my shirt, and we're looking at Ollie Norburn at bloody Shrewsbury. I mean, uh, for God's sake—it's uh, <sighs> it's a little bit unsettling, isn't it? But it, we, we, we've sort of become accustomed to it. It's—it's uh, it's not something I've taken too kindly to. But anyway, uh, the final question on our Twitter questions list was: Is Keith Hill exempt from criticism? Now, uh, we've not actually had that many responses on Twitter. Um, we've had a couple from the ones who, who I don't think are too afraid to stick the necks out. I mean, Chris Manning, no surprise. He said, uh, absolutely not. He's had an easy ride thus far. Uh, Ian Firth, our very own Super White Smurf, he said, he'll not above criticism, but circumstances do currently give a strong mitigation. Um, I, think, I don't think that's right, to be honest with you. I, th- I think I think he, we passed that stage a month ago. Yeah, I mean... I. I I hate this saying, or oh, we can't be too upset because we didn't, we nearly didn't have a club. Like anyone who still plays off that, it's just never mind now. <laughs> the second it was done, it was done. That, that that was it for me. I know it's doing my head, in, but um, yeah, not many are really answering the questions. To be honest, that hence why I'll come to you lads in a second. I've just seen quite a long one here, which I'll just go through quickly. Mark Valentine said, "Hill, I don't think he's except for many criticism, as he's had a long enough time not to be conceding so many goals." And there's no real excuse for it. The back four Hill signings, three months should be enough to not be leaking a large amount of goals, but I back him, it'll come good. Boys, do we agree with that? Or do you think he's uh, do you think he's absolutely, you know, are, are, we, are we right to start asking questions now? I agree with pretty much the whole of what he said up until he said that he thinks it'll come good. I don't think it's going to come good. I, I, th- I think we should be a lot higher up so we should have a lot more points than we currently do we should have a much better grounding in defence the players attitude should be a hell of a lot better and we shouldn't keep getting people sent off and have cr- um, absolute crap discipline yeah. I mean 
I don't, I don't get it. I really do not get what is wrong with the players at times. It's the decision-making in certain areas that just really baffles me. It was the penalties being given away at the start of the season. Then it was these stupid red cards. I mean, that, that has to start with the manager. You, a lot of the time you feel as though he's being let down, sure. I, you, the box stops with him. And mm. he's lucky to be in this job, for God's sake. He goes on about how he's representing Bolton Wanderers or whatever. Well, maybe represent us a little bit better by not putting out teams with stupid formations half the time and the, all the rest of it with the daft substitutions. I mean, a month ago is when I, I stopped being harsh and... Uh, sorry, it was when I thought that people should have been starting to be critical. Mm. He had a long time to work with these players. He's still working with them. And I'm not seeing an awful lot of an improvement, to be honest. That's a fair cop. Uh, James? Um... I'm fair enough to give him the January transfer window um, to to have a proper go because I, I do agree to an extent there has been mitigating circumstances. For example, the fact that he only had about two days in the trans, in the initial transfer window to bring players in. Some of them might not have been what he initially wanted. Some of those players weren't properly fit, so we had to bear through some absolute torrid stuff through, through September to October before we eventually started to get our first results on the board. Mm. All that sort of stuff. Um, took, it's taken time for some of those players to gel together, learn how to play off each other. There has been mid-game circumstances, but you, ha- but you do have to question, like Tom said, some of the baffling decisions he's made at times um, mm. in regards to in regards to tactics, substitutions, etc. How we've approached certain games. Um, he's not ab- he's not above say tactical criticism. To, to an extent, to an extent, like we, like I'm sure we're, we were all questioning why Bridcut was in centre back, was mm. at centre back for some of those games. Like that's that's especially the kind of stuff you can crit that you can criticise. But I'm happy to give him the January transfer window, see what he can do with it because we are at a League One level and he is an, an experienced League One manager. I think he deserves a fair crack from that starting point. Mm. Um, but after that. From then, from then on, after that January window, when he's been a, a bit a bit better allowed to get what he wants, I have a bit more time to mould the squad to what he thinks we're going to, to a survival squad for League One, and mm. then we'll go and then we'll go from there. Yeah, fair enough. It's just a bit weird, I think, seeing that you know Mark had just pointed out there on Twitter that a lot of the signings that well, a lot of the players that are in the starting eleven now are Keithill signings, and I think it's just a shame that perhaps it hasn't come off because. There's quite a few players who would who run out of contract either today or tomorrow, whatever it is, and I feel like perhaps they feel as if they haven't done a, that good of a job, and that's why they won't be extended, or they don't feel as if they work very well with Keith or whatever. It's it's just shame because the players like Tebow, I brought it up earlier, and um, that you know perhaps he was having a little bit of a sulk today, and then that's why he got brought off and whatever. It just it'd be such a shame if we lost them just because they felt as if they were being you know d- done out of a out of a fair chance you know by being played out of position or whatever it's just uh it's something that you'd I, th- I think it'd be pretty devastating to see that somebody's just not come back because they don't feel as if they're being played to the full potential it that'd be that'd be really uh annoying i think but as long as we can either replace them with someone better or we can convince them to come back then you know I, i'm more than willing to to give keith the chance and then see what happens from there but i'm interested to see what you think about this though because what intrigued me about the james weir thing today Mm. That man knows that the guy doesn't rate him. Yeah. That guy is, and he he knows that. Therefore, surely when this is going to be your big opportunity, why on earth would you not try and take it with two hands? And what worries me is the attitude of these players that we've got. And you're right, Will. 
they should be wanting a contract. They should be absolutely yeah. working their balls off to get a contract, and they're not. It's so only the young what, players. So what that is are. it about Hill's management style that means they don't want to work for him? I don't know what it. I feel like they they just have seen this as another part of their journey. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and they just do just as well anywhere else. But it's the kids who know they've been given the real opportunity through Hill. And I know that obviously they had Parky before that. I think for one game or whatever it was, but it, it just needs four games. <laughs> yeah, well, it just I feel like they know that they've been given a chance by uh, by Hill, particularly Ronan Darcy, particularly Dennis Politic, you know, that and Zuma to an extent as well. And that that you know perhaps no one else would give them that opportunity, even in such a such a situation. Then I think they're particularly grateful for it. Whereas you know senior players perhaps aren't quite as a uh, you know as grateful for the opportunity. I think it's just a, a a case of you know them having gone through several clubs and it not making a jot of difference to the mood they're actually playing for. It's just I think that's just football in general, is it not? As opposed to it just being to do with our club. I don't know if I'd, I'd be a bit generalising a bit by saying that, Tom. Uh, it's 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 a weird one, isn't it? I just feel like younger players are naturally going to be more grateful than than the seniors, but I could be wrong. Politics showed that today, didn't he? Yeah. I don't. I don't think you'd have got that kind of performance from someone who wasn't really invested in the club. I don't think you get the performances out of Darcy from someone else who wasn't as invested in the club. I, I, I just worry why these guys aren't fighting for their livelihoods. Why yeah. Adam Trickson has? I think he deserves it. But even a half-fit Will Buckley today came on today and didn't look particularly asked about earning no. a contract when it's up tomorrow. You know, we're exactly the same. Just. Weir was generally he was generally concerning today, Weir, because I've cited a point on Twitter that I saw a loose ball go missing in the middle of the field, and it was it was Weir's to take, and he sort of like reluctantly looked at it and sort of broke into a slow jog, and Darcy goes bursting past him, like sort of not, nearly knocks him all over with a shoulder barge, goes in for the and makes a tackle, and I'm just there like that's what you want though, like it. I don't understand how a kid of like 17, 18, whatever he is, can see that opportunity, knows you're not going to bother to get there, goes himself, makes the tackle, and is acting more of a role model than someone who's supposedly trying to earn a contract with us. Yeah, like, and you get it from Brockbank if you put him in there as well. Even yeah, of course you do. You get, it, you get it from all get of it from them. It, it's just, they're setting more of an example than any senior player pretty much could do at this point. It, it, it's absolute commendable to, to, to those lads who've, who've you know, had such a mature head on the shoulders since the start of the season, and and they just wanted to play for the shirt, play for the club, and I can't thank them enough to be honest. And it's it's something that I think the fans don't ask for much. We don't expect much. It's the effort and the want to play for the the club. It's that's what we want, and I'd rather play with a team of those who actually want to win. And although they might not every week, it's it's what we saw particularly against Coventry and whatever whoever else before we started getting battered five nil. Yeah, all right, but. I'd, I'd just much prefer to see that than players jog around half arse, like not really bothered if they win a game or not. I, it's just unforgivable at, at this point. I think in such a position, it should just drive you on to try and survive in a league and it doesn't look like half of are if we do or not. I mean, I'm sorry to turn it a little bit negative at the end, but uh, it, it'd just be nice to see a little bit of fight, which in all fairness, we did for the last 10 minutes today, I thought, but... Um, a bit late then, isn't it? I mean, if there was a bit of fight at two 0 up, we'd be coming away here being absolutely chuffed to bits with that. We'd, oh, we'd have had a fantastic, that would have been a fantastic Christmas period if we'd been able to win today. Yeah, I think we just needed a solid three points from it, and we haven't got it. And I think when you start to look in hindsight at, at why that is, it, and you start to pick it apart as we have over the last hour or so, it's you know you then start to get a bit of a feel for for why that is. And I think I perhaps wouldn't have been so aware of that 
you know, before we've sat down and spoke tonight. So I think we've all perhaps learned a little bit something about today as much as we might not have initially examined, which I'm I'm pretty content with it. I'm hoping hoping our listeners are, are equally as content with this review. Um, uh, and yeah, I think we'll we'll leave it again for another week, uh, or well, might, maybe for another ten days or so until the next game. But I, I do want to make this a regular thing, seeing as we do seem to learn a lot more about about the club than than on first impressions. I think straight after a game. So um, until next time, boys, uh, do you want to just give us your socials quickly to plug, and then uh, and then they can get an even better insight as to to how critical we are of this team, Tom. Uh, mine is at TJRecco44 for views on Bolton and hatred towards Leicester City. And Liam Brickup. Um, I don't hate Liam Brickup, <laughs> I just don't want him in my football club. <laughs> James? Yeah, you can follow me at, at Jarvisan247, where hey. my views are all on uh, Bolton Wanderers and just ra- random stuff. Usually that usually ends up being vid- anything media related. Someone is, go and watch James's streams as yeah. well. Yeah, is a streamer? I need to, I, yeah, I, yeah. To be fair, I've been a bit slacking recently. I, I promise to start them back up again. <laughs> the real James Jarvis is long gone. It's just Jarvis on T four seven now. That's all you need to know, ladies and gents. <laughs> and you can follow me at wi one lg on Twitter, though I wouldn't advise it as per. Um, and I think if there's nothing else left to say, gents, then it's time to say goodbye. So say goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, James. Goodbye, James. And it's a goodbye from me. Thank you very much for listening. Set that